Because if I line the dog to the wrong spot, whose fault is it if they don't have much success? All right, guys, welcome back. Another episode here. Um, recording it, we just got back, actually, from Ben and I and a couple buddies of ours are coming back from a North Dakota duck hunt. We went out for a few days, kind of a quick trip. We did their opening weekend, hunted Saturday, Sunday, Monday, left early and came home on a Tuesday. And <clears throat> I thought I'd talk about it. I, just, I actually just got a really nice message, a voicemail from a guy who was on his way out pheasant hunting. He was from Canada. And he said, hey, I just listened to your podcast about Callie and the opening of the grouse season with her and really appreciated that. Got my girls kind of fired up about pheasant hunting with our dog. And so, and he had some product questions that I'm going to call him back on, but it was, so it was good to hear that. And now I asked Ben, I said, you know, when did that one go live? Cause that was recorded, but maybe a week or two ago. Yeah. So he's, and that one went live and another one went in between, but so I said, let's do, I, I've, I actually had this one in mind to do, uh, since we were out there, Pro- Part of it that I'm going to talk about was actually in my mind prior to us leaving on that hunt because I wanted to talk about Callie's real first duck hunt, which was at my cabin, which was over that weekend. And I don't know if I talked about it or not in that podcast. I can't remember. But I'm going to talk about it now because it's specific on the ducks. But um, I just, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm realizing, so I took some notes on, on the hunt when I came back. And I'm not much of a note taker. And... Not to say that you shouldn't be a note taker. I think, you know, I know some guys that are real detailed note takers when it comes to training. I don't have any issue with it. I think it's great. I'm jealous of it. It's just not me. Um, My notes are up in my head. It probably goes back to me being a student. Uh, Not a real good student, by the way. But, you know, I never, I didn't, I didn't do homework a lot. I didn't do a lot of writing of stuff down. I didn't probably approach it the way I would have like to of or wanted to or want my kids to do it but anyway that's it's just that's how I learn I think and that's how I process information and I think everybody does it a little bit differently that's part of the reason why we do a variety of different pieces of content this one being audible uh, we try to do a ton of video I'm doing some writing for Gundog magazine a couple different different magazines that we write for we're working on growing our blog on our website so all different ways of delivering information with the hopes that we help multiple people because not everybody learns the same way and processes things the same way. So I took some notes while we were, because I, I, I do, I come up with ideas a lot and think that I won't forget them. And then I forget them and I go, God damn, what, what was that? That was a good idea. That was a good idea. So I've gotten into a little bit more of a habit of using my notes on my phone. And so I did put some down and, I hate the idea of structure that way, especially in this format, because I'm not a real structured guy. And if you've listened to these podcasts or watched any of our series on YouTube or any of our stuff on social media, I think you'll quickly realize we're not real formal. Uh, In fact, we're quite informal, pretty candid. Um, I like to call it very realistic or real world. Um, It's just share what happens. you know, document instead of creating is a line that I listen to this guy, Gary Vaynerchuk. He talks about it all the time. He says, you know, document what you're doing. Don't create stuff. And I, I think there is a lot of truth behind that because I think creating for me is a turnoff most of the time. 
unless I'm really into somebody and, and following and interested in what they're doing, creating to me is transparent. I see a lot of people create stuff and it's, I'm just not interested in it. I, I'm, they're not good enough actors for me, I guess. But I, I do love seeing the real thing. And that is one of the things that we have made a point of trying to do. So, but I, so I, don't, I don't like to structure out a podcast. But I did make some notes because I knew I'd forget stuff otherwise. And so I'm going to start. The, the idea of this podcast is going to be kind of recapping a little bit of what we've done so far with Callie. And I think it's important to bring up the idea that the talking with the duck stuff versus the upland stuff, there are some pretty, pretty distinct differences. Um, and results were differing as well. She's not necessarily a gun dog. Like she's not, uh, like when she came to me, we weren't training her to be a duck dog. Uh, the guy, Tom and Kathy, who own her, yeah, they wouldn't mind having her do the gun dog stuff, handling a little bit, um, certainly steady to shot. That kind of stuff, but I don't even—I don't even know that I think that's specific to gun dog. I think it's you know it's a good foundational part of the dog, um, but you know things that are specific to the gun dog work working in the water. Um, you know one of the things that we did not do a lot of leading up to this duck season, um, and you know what it showed, and I'm going to talk about that because they're not her strengths. They're not her strengths, but it's very likely and is connected to the fact that I didn't prepare her for that real well because that wasn't our focus. Her focus was going to be, again, going back to the last podcast, you probably hear about it. Her focus, she's an upland dog. She's going to quarter and flush, work within a, a specific desired range, gun range that is. Uh, find birds, flush them. We shoot them, they, she retrieves them. Um, so a transition a bit from what she was originally being trained for prior to her coming to us, she was going to be trained to be a quail dog. We wrote a whole series in the gun dog magazine, um, a column on documenting all this stuff. So that's another place to get more information on it. But the, the, when we got her, she was going to be a quail dog. And the, when I say quail dog, I don't mean quartering and flushing. I mean, she was going to be trained off of a wagon. She was going to be trained off of a heel position, whether it be on horseback or heel or walking foot hunters, but she, they were going to work her with pointing dogs. They were going to flush birds, um, probably with beaters, with people, and then they were going to shoot them, and then they were going to use her and other dogs like her to go find those birds and retrieve them. Um, it completely was ingrained in her when she came to me, and it was something that we had to train out and then figure out how to train back in a, a more of a quartering pattern. So that was the upland part. That was 100% the goal when we first started but then we talked about you know you're gonna bird hunt with her as far as gun dog stuff ducks and geese he does do some of that so it's like yeah you know so that was completely secondary but it also was something that when she went home uh she went home for the month of august and maybe maybe if he had a more of a heavy influence or emphasis on that we would have maybe kept her in august a little bit more i sent her home partially because it was so hot partially because the mosquitoes were so bad. But that's where a window where we maybe could have got a little bit more of this work done. But we didn't. So, But we took her duck hunting. And I, I first took her up to my cabin. Opening weekend of grouse was the weekend prior. So we ran, did some upland stuff. She did real well. I think that's what we talked about primarily in that podcast. The next weekend we went up, and it was opening weekend of duck hunting in the northern zone, which our cabin's in the northern zone. And we ended up... Um, Duck hunting in the morning, grouse hunting after that. I mean, that's that's what I love to do in the fall. I'm really lucky. We've got a place that we can duck hunt right on our front door. So that's what we did. We shot one duck. 
Uh, you know, we, had, we shot a hen wood duck. Um, it was 100%. My hope was to get some action for her to, to get some retrieves. I also thought, you know what, I got to be very realistic with this. And if you follow us on Instagram, if you follow us on our story or our post, you'll see she retrieved it. She has a, I've got a really nice picture of her with a wood duck in her mouth and beautiful leaves turning colors behind her. I've got a video of her swimming through the decoys. In the story, I had multiple videos of her swimming through the decoys, delivering to hand, did a lot of the things really, really well. That was the story that I shared on Instagram. I also made a post that talked about, you know, it didn't go perfectly. Like these pictures and videos look good. It didn't go perfectly. So I wanted to talk about it in this podcast because that was her first chance to duck hunt. And so we sat in the morning. Uh, one thing I will say about her, which is is great and, and really positive, is blind manners are, are, are beautiful. Steadiness, 100%. Like the dog's not breaking. You know, she, and I'll remind you guys, she's two years old. This is her first year hunting. This is why I don't take young dogs hunting because I don't know that she would have all that stuff as well as she has it if we hadn't waited now, I didn't have her, so I didn't even have the option to hunt her next year, last year. But the owners, the people that had her before, the, the kennel, they didn't hunt her either. She wasn't ready. So two years old, a little over two years old, a lot of the stuff is in place and awesome. A lot of the stuff that isn't in place is the stuff that comes while you're hunting. Like I think you can prepare for hunts a lot in training. You never prepare them completely for the hunt. And so when we were out there, we shot this wood duck just outside the decoys, probably 40 yards out is where the bird lay on the water. And so shot, bird goes down. That was it. It was a single bird by itself. Everything's calm. I'm not sending the dog very quickly. I just don't, I don't get dogs into habits of being sent quickly. I like to wait, especially if there's more birds. When you shoot, all of a sudden birds get up around you. So I would prefer to keep the dogs out of the decoys. I'd prefer to keep the dogs out of the water until I go, uh, it's a quiet time. Now that's provided it's not a cripple, provided it's not, we got to get on the bird right away. And this bird was stone dead on the water. So five minutes probably passed. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to go send her. Now, did that help her in her mind, as far as the confidence level of where that bird was, not at all. Like that, that delay that we built into it probably took away from her ability to go out and make a nice retrieve. The other thing is, is we had done some training and some introduction to decoys, but not a lot. So decoys to her were relatively new, especially on the water. I don't know that I ever had her in the water with decoys prior to this. She had had some decoys on the land. So we, I sent her, the bird was beyond the decoys. And outside of them. So I lined her for them and her head kept going back to the decoys. She kept looking back into the decoys. And I know because there's a mark there. She can see them, you know. So I lined her and I sent her. And I probably sent her early. She wasn't real, real dialed in. And she kind of went into the water halfway. Like she just wasn't enthusiastic about it. She swam out five or six yards and started to spin around popping you know like a, a dog that's overhandled will pop it'll go all the little ways turn around and look at you she wasn't popping because of that reason but she was just turning around and going I don't know what the hell you want me to do and I quickly realized this isn't gonna work now did I want her to swim out and pick that bird beautifully because could she or should she have been able to yeah she should have been able to was she prepared for it 100% no she wasn't did she do it no she didn't so at that moment I also thought in my head really glad I'm here by myself right now. Because if someone else had been there, 
just human nature in me would have been a little embarrassed and I probably would have been a little bit disappointed in her and I probably would have been a little bit frustrated with her and I probably would have tried to push her out to it, which knowing her, you can't do that. She's too soft of a dog. So we'll talk about that and I'm going to talk a little more about that when we start talking North Dakota stuff. But so I called her back and I just kind of laughed about it and said, no big deal. It's really not a big deal. Jeremy, you bit off a little more than you could chew. You ex- your expectations were unrealistic, a little high on a very, very simple thing, but we weren't prepared for it perfectly in training because we didn't replicate it. Okay, so I called her back and I had her sit and I took Ellie, my dog that's hunted for me for several years and pretty nice little gun dog, and I lined her up and I sent her and she, she swam straight to it, picked the bird, came back, beautiful and Callie light bulb went on you could see it in her body language as soon as Ellie comes up on shore with a bird in her mouth and comes back to the blind Callie's going oh my god there it is she wants to smell it she she's pretty excited about it so at that moment it's a training it's a hundred percent a training opportunity so I took the bird I had them sit I took the bird and I threw it out past the decoys. Different spot, different area, not where the bird was laying. I wanted her to actually swim through the decoys. So I threw it beyond the decoys. I lined her up relatively quickly. She watched it down. She didn't break. She was nice and steady, but lined her up and sent her. And she swam into those decoys and she started trying to pick up, pick at every decoy. Like, not pick them up, but she bumped into every one thinking, that's the bird. That's the, I just saw him throw it. So she circled and circled in those decoys a little bit, and I just let her work. And I didn't say a word, and I just let her work and let her work and let her work. And finally, she caught, she did see the bird, and the bird sits lower than the decoys, and the bird's a more natural color. It doesn't stand out nearly like the decoys. She got wind, whether she touched it with her nose as far as scent cone or what, but she saw it, swam over to it, picked it up, brought it back to me. Oh, she was really happy about that, and I was really happy for her. Took it, and I threw it back out in the decoys. Different spot beyond the decoys. She swam through the decoys that time, left the decoys alone, picked the bird, brought it back. Did it one more time with her. Those are three in a row. Nice, solid success. Called her back to me, told her how good she was. The beauty of it was, you know, her delivery was good. Her drop was good. Her mouth on the bird was perfect. She's not a nice, soft mouth. All those things were really good. And those are things that we had worked on. The, the idea of retrieving through those decoys, we hadn't worked on. So we used that opportunity to become a training session. Then I took the bird, I threw it beyond the decoys, and we just left it. I left it for, I don't know, probably 45 minutes to an hour before we picked up. We never had another bird come in. We never shot the gun anymore. Like, it was just a just 45-minute session of sitting there, which she's great at. She settled right in, and everything was good. So then we went back to before I picked the decoys up, and that bird blew a little bit, so it moved. I mean, it moved probably 25 yards. There wasn't much wind, but it moved about 25 yards off the decoys. So whether she had memory of it or not, she probably had a little bit of memory just because we did three of them in a row. But she knew there was a bird out there. I lined her, and I sent her. She went with a lot more caution, which told me she doesn't necessarily believe that it's there. A lot like the time I sent her on the bird to begin with which was shoot bird down. She didn't see it. I lined her in essentially on a little blind, real simple little blind, but she went real hesitant and I couldn't push. I can't push that dog. That's one dog I cannot get on and I cannot raise my voice with more emphasis and get back. I can't say that to her because she'll go, I'm done. So when 
That last one, I sent her. She walked into the water again hesitantly. And I'm sitting there behind her going, good, 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 good. Trying to get her excited. And she's kind of swam half-heartedly through the decoys. And then she caught sight of that bird 25 yards away. And she locked it into gear and moved, you know, shifted gears, went straight to the bird, picked it up, brought it back. I said, this is perfect. This is the training session I needed. That's the first hunt she's on. That was it. Didn't shoot anything. Didn't shoot anything the rest of the weekend as far as ducks. Now, that's her preparation to go to North Dakota. So I told the guys when I went, I said, well, I'm bringing Callie with, but I'm also going with a lot of expectations that have to be reserved. Uh, again, water, un, unfamiliar with, not a lot of work on. Land, I thought we'd do a lot better. We only had one set where we hunted fields. So we get to North Dakota. We, I, I know for a fact, and there's multiple dogs because my buddy had two, another buddy had one, I had my two. I hunted my two together every time. Obviously, the guy with one dog hunted his, and then my buddy with two hunted one at a time until the last day. But So I hunted both the dogs together out of the same blind. They did great. I mean, they just, they're, that stuff is easy. Uh, you know, the, the blind stuff is easy for her. The steadiness stuff, no breaking. It's just real easy beautiful fun to hunt over awesome little dog then we started to shoot a few birds and we shot and then we we're shooting them in decoys and you know in a field and so i wasn't going to send her on anything that was borderline questionably challenging like i preferred if she would have marked a bird down but at this point she's not been in a blind long enough to really understand to watch the skies so that first morning when I duck hunted with her in Wisconsin, we saw one duck. There was no opportunity for her to really even put two and two together. Out here, there's a lot of birds flying around. And so she started to see that. It took a while, though. So the first volley of birds that we shoot in the decoys, I don't think I, – I didn't send Callie. I think Todd's dog made a couple picks. Um, Al's dog, I think, made retrieves. I sent Ellie before Callie, I think. So Callie was, like, the last dog to get a retrieve, which – is fine for her steadiness. I mean, it's just re reinforces the fact that every retrieve is not hers. Um, so, that, and there was no issue with that, but that's good training too. But then I wanted her to see some other dogs picking birds and I wanted her to watch that. And so eventually we did shoot, I think we shot two. We, was it two or three that three. three went down? And these, I mean, these ducks were like feet down in the decoys, came over real low uh, all the way across the field and they set the wings and they're landing and we we shot all three got all three birds and so i said well i mean this is doesn't get any better they're right in the middle of the decoys so i sent i think i sent ellie first callie second ellie went out made a real nice retrieve came back and then i lined callie and sent her and she went right out into that, those decoys. She hunted those decoys. She had two birds to pick left out there. There was a little bit of scent in there because there were some birds in there earlier. So by the, by the end of the day, there was quite a bit of scent down in there. So when a dog went in there, it had to hunt a little bit. It had to work through some old falls. But she it was pretty early. So she picked that duck, and she made a great retrieve with it. And I was just, you know, real happy. And, and, and it all the pieces put together, and it was great. So... We hunt through the morning. Another group of birds comes in a little bit later, and we shoot one. Someone shoots one. I think I maybe shot it, but somebody somebody shoots a bird. It goes down. It's outside the decoys by about 30 to 40 yards. It's out on its own, way to the right of the spread. Now, when I say way to the right, it's 40, 50 yards. 
And so I'm going to send Callie on this one. I'm going, this is, we're going to volley off of that last one. We're going to piggyback off it. We're going to make a nice line and send. And so I went to liner and center. I thought she saw the bird go down. Um, ends up, I don't think she did, but I thought she did. So her body is lined towards it, but her head continues to drift back. This is what I'm seeing. So I'm in a A-frame blind. She's in a dog hide that's in between the two A-frame blinds that are connected together. And the open, where those two blinds connect together, we had it kind of like drapes and they opened up and then I had their blind right there. So they had a nice view out of it into our decoys. And the two dogs, my two dogs laid, laid in there together. And they watched, watched, I mean, they could see outside. So I'm assuming she saw this bird drop. When she stood up and I stood up to send her, I saw her body was pointed in the right direction. And so I, I lined, I just reached my hand out and I, and I said her name, Kelly. And she, what I did notice and, and, and should have, resp- I should have reacted better, but I just assumed that she had it. Her head was drifting a little to the left, which is back to the decoys. And so when I sent her instantly, she went right into the decoys, right into the old falls, right where she had found that duck and three or four other ducks had been picked up you know, in the last hour. So she went back out of habit. Like that's where the birds are. She thinks that's where the birds are. And so I stopped her and I think you filmed, I think you filmed this. So I stopped her and I handled her to the right. I said, get out. And she took about two steps to the right and went right back into that decoy spread to hunt. And so I stopped her again. I might have handled her twice. I don't remember if I handled her once or twice. But in my mind, right away, I thought, I'm not handling her away from those old falls. She's just not, she's not going to. And I don't know that I want to turn this into a handling drill. This is not what we're looking to get out of this at this point. If the handling is not sharp enough, we'll work on handling. But we're not going to do it here on the hunt. We're going to take advantage of the opportunity that we have to, to get other things accomplished. So... I, I said that in my head and then I said, okay, she didn't, she refused that cast stopper and I just called her back. I said, come on. And she came back real nice, recalled back, came back into the blind. And I went, this time I have to, now I have some buddies that I know that are so particular about the, the little mistakes that they would have said, well, I, I'm not going to send her again because she doesn't get it. She's not going to get it. This is a great opportunity for her to learn. So what I needed to do was recognize the mistake wasn't necessarily hers. It was a combination of hers and mine. I didn't pay attention. I paid attention enough to notice her head drift to the left. I didn't pay enough details to the lining to make sure she didn't go that direction. I, when she refused the cast, I didn't get pissed. Instead, I said, I better start this whole thing over. And so my response was recall. Get her back to you. I mean, she's only out there 25, 30 yards. So she comes back to me nicely. She gets back in and she looks, she's excited. She's sporty. She's ready to do this. She wants, she knows we're going to get a retrieve. So I, I continue to keep that positive action and enthusiasm pointed in the right direction. Except this time I said to myself, be precise with your line. I know it's an easy line. I know it's not very far. I know it should be very simple. But my little bit of sloppiness allowed for that margin of error to happen, to, to be there. And then it happened. The mistakes took place. So I, I literally like unclipped the A-frame blind so I could get down closer to her instead of reaching way over the top. I got down like I normally would. I made sure she was lying nose to tail. I reached out over her nose and I 
put my hand down and gave her a sight away from the decoys. And after I thought about it, I thought, you know what I could have done and maybe should have done, which probably would have helped her in the first place, would have been line her into those decoys and know her off of it. Because when we run doubles, I'll have a double to the left and I want to have her pick on the right. So they might be 45 degree, 60 degree angles apart from each other. I'll go to the last bird that fell, I'll line her like I'm going to send her and I'll say, no, leave it. And then I'll turn, and my dogs actually, when I, whenever I say no, leave it, when I look to line them and I say no, leave it, they automatically turn because they just go, I know we're, I know we're pointing up somewhere other direction. So you do that enough, they understand, leave that, we're going somewhere else. I could have, I could have and maybe should have done that. But instead what I did was line, reline back towards where that bird was real precisely, like real blatantly, real slowly. And I made sure she was watching and I made sure she almost leaned into the send. Like she started her body movement in that direction. And then I said, Callie. And she ran perfectly right to the spot, which I don't think she had a mark because there was no mark. She didn't didn't see it. But she held that line so nicely. She ran right into that bird. This is where it's important to remember where the birds go down. I mean, that was one thing that we, after the first morning of duck hunting, or any hunting for that matter, grouse hunting, pheasant hunting, you're reminded of how important it is to mark birds down and on our on our part as a handler. Because if I line the dog to the wrong spot, whose fault is it if they don't have much success? Like you got to get them in the right area. I don't think you have to be pre- the precise, you know, be one bomber and drop it on top of a, a nest. But at the same time, you got to get them in an area that will allow for them to have success using their nose. So thankfully, my mark was pretty good. My line was pretty good. She ran right to the spot, picked it, brought it back. And I took that. And I'll, that took me 10 times longer to explain than it did to happen. That's the hard part. When you're out in the field, this shit happens so quickly. So you have to process this stuff and make these decisions. And they might not always be the right decision. And that's okay. You learn from it and then you make an adjustment. Learn from it, make an adjustment. So that was that first day. And I was just tickled to see her rebound the way she did. Now, the second day we went on water. And again, none of the stuff, none of the stuff is an issue uh, in the blind, the setup, all that. She's just perfect at that stuff. I mean, it's just great. It's real easy and it's real enjoyable. We get on the water though, and we shot a few birds in the decoys again. And again, this is the second time she's hunted the water. The first time we only shot one duck and it was a very different scenario. Northern Wisconsin, a pond versus North Dakota, a big slough with lots of birds and a lot of shooting. There was a lot of shooting around us actually that day. But anyway, we dump a few birds in the decoys. We send the other dogs on those retrieves. Callie's going to go last again, which is just fine. We shot a bird and it went down in the decoys and it wasn't that far. And I thought it was a real easy retrieve. And I thought she might even have a mark on it, but I sent her thinking, well, she's going to pick that one. And she went out and she swam out and she went up to the first three decoys and they weren't birds. And so she turned around and she came back and I tried casting her back and she didn't take a cast back. She sends back for those birds and she didn't take the cast beyond the decoys. She wouldn't get out of the decoys. So she hunts the decoys, hunts the decoys, hunts the decoys. Finally, I called her back and I sent Ellie. And Ellie went and picked that bird. She comes back. I take the duck. Didn't I throw it out? Did I, I took it and I threw it out beyond the decoys and I sent Callie on that one. She swam out, got it, brought it back. I said, okay, another chance for her to learn. You got to go through those decoys at times. So 
It's a very similar scenario to what we faced when we were up in Rhinelander on that wood duck hunt. Now, later on that morning, and I'm, I'm waiting for the opportunity for us to send her on one out beyond decoys that I know the duck is stone dead because the cripple factor is always there when it comes to ducks. And ducks are tougher than shit. And, tuck, and I, I, hate, I hate shooting them on the water, but I also am reminded oftentimes you just got to shoot them on the water once you hit them. Like you have to finish these birds off because they dive and they're just, it's just a nightmare. So this bird goes down hard, right? So it's, I mean, it's down and we weren't, I was not going to send her on anything that had any, any bit of life left on the water because I know what they're going to do. She's going to get out there. And if she gets out there and the bird dives, I don't know that she'll stick with it. And I don't want to send her on birds that are unsuccessful. So Finally, this male, this Drake, uh, male, this Drake mallard sets in. We dump him. I mean, he's late. His feet are up. He's kicking. He's down. Perfect. You know, his bright white belly. And we're going, I'm going, I'm going to send it. I'm going to send Callie on this one. I line Callie. Callie goes right through the decoys like she's supposed to. Gets through the decoys, gets about within five yards of that duck. And all of a sudden, the duck starts kicking and swimming away from her. And I'm going, wow, she'll, I mean, he's hurting. She'll get him. All of a sudden, the duck's head comes up, and the duck starts to fly. And he flies away, crossing shot. And I don't like shooting over the dogs. So we're, we're not going to shoot over the dog, but the dogs, the bird flies le- right to left. It's 15 yards away from her. It's a good distance. And I said, I'm shooting the duck. I'm going to finish it. So it's a very safe shot, and I shoot the duck, and I hit it hard, and it goes down. And it's still flopping and kicking a little bit on the water, but it's been shot twice hard now. I mean, it's got to be done. So Callie starts in after it, and she stayed on it. And she gets to be about a foot away, probably, and he dove under. And I just went, you got to be, you got to be kidding me. And so she circled, and she circled, and she circled. And, and remember, we got a dog that's only retrieved a handful of birds. And I'm really cautious about not putting her in a bad spot. And so... She's circling and circling and circling. And all of a sudden he pops up. He's five to 10 yards away. And she sees him and she goes after him. And I say, go get it, Callie, go get it. And we're cheering her on on the side. And I'm going, please get it, please get it. And it dove. And then it came up 10 yards away. And then it dove. And this happened at least six or seven times where she's like half ass flying too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's trying to get away from her. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. So she stays with it. Now, across the pond from us, across the slough, I'm going to say is 200 yards, mm-hmm. it, probably at least 200, maybe a little bit more, but not much more. And so she's followed this bird the entire way across the slough. It's now getting to the point where it's a little hard to see her. I mean, she's, she's out there quite a ways, and all you see is her head, and you can't hardly see the duck. But you see that damn duck just dive and get up, dive and get up, dive and get up. So finally, she's out that far, and the guys are like, you might want to call her back. And it killed me to do it. And I thought, should I or shouldn't I? Well, that's a tough call. And I have, we all have so much respect for these birds. We don't want to lose a bird. I mean, that's, that's the last thing I want to do. But it's also the last thing I want to do is lose a customer's dog or have something happen. I mean, this is a long swim. It's a long ways away. And I'm not seeing what's going on anymore. So the, the final, so I said, I'm just going to wait, I'm going to wait, wait, and all of a sudden the bird dives, 
And so when that bird is under the water, I don't think I'm calling her off of the bird if the bird's up and she's close to it. Bird goes down. I stopped her with a whistle and called her back. I'm surprised she probably could hear it because it was blowing actually pretty good then too. She turned and she started to come and I'm waving my hand so that she can see where we are. And, you know, we're dressed in camo and whatever. But so I'm making a, a lot of motion and, and she does come back. And so I called her all the way back. And we're just, I'm just devastated at the idea that she went through all that. So I take the positives from it. She's willing to commit to it and stick with it. The downside of it is she never catches that bird. And so I reached quickly, grabbed a, grabbed a bird off of the, out of the blind, threw it into our decoys. As she came back, she picked a bird up. She brought it back to me. I praised her for it, thanked her for it. And it was an opportunity with her that could have been really beneficial if she catches that bird, but she didn't. It's not the end of the world by any means, but I also made a point from that moment on, okay, dead, dead birds, like not even, now I thought the bird was, we all thought the bird was done, but these are, these are real life things that happen, especially with hunting, like you just can't control it. And so it's not the end of the world, but it's also something that we really have to be conscious of and thinking of and, and keep in mind. Now, I have that in the back of my head. And for this season, I'll be real careful with her. She doesn't need to retrieve lots and lots of birds. She needs to retrieve birds well. She needs to have good opportunities for things to click. Now, one thing I really was loving by the end was, and then the next day we, I don't know, we shot... I maybe I don't know that I let her pick a bird the last day. I didn't really have a good one for her. I don't think she might have picked one. It was real simple, but um, and that was on the water as well. And again, another reason why I was a little bit leery or hesitant. It had to be the perfect setup. But what I saw with her was the progression of watching. She really started to watch the skies. Now that's in those dogs, but you have to give them the opportunities, and I can't give them those opportunities in training. So the hunt is where that translated, where that transferred. I Overall, the hunt was fantastic. I mean, specifically with Callie, I thought it was good. It wasn't, it, it didn't go, it was, there were some things that didn't go as well as I had hoped, uh, none of which were her fault. I mean, arguably one of the, just the nicest dogs to have around. She's just a real, in all the dogs, one of the things that, one of the things I talked about was every one of these dogs that we had with us this weekend were fantastic. Like, very easy, um, very efficient in the field, helped us out a lot. We would have lost a lot of birds this weekend. We talked a lot about this. Our group talked about a lot of things related to hunting and what we feel are ethical things and, and hunter things that we should be should or shouldn't be doing. That's a different podcast. But one of the things that we talked about, and it always comes up, it came up in grouse hunting, it's coming up in duck hunting, it will come up in every hunting we do, is the fact that without these dogs, I would argue with anyone to say that on the hunts I go on, it's close to 50%. You're not going to find half the birds if you don't have the dog. And so to think that, to, to understand the value is, you know, from that standpoint, yeah, it, it's a tough, tough argument against, I think. And so it, it goes back to the reason why we do what we do. I wouldn't bird hunt without a dog for lots of reasons. 
I'm reminded of it. The other thing I'm reminded of is I hadn't gone on a hunt for a long time. And I don't know, maybe you're in this position, maybe you're not, but I hadn't gone away. I shouldn't say I hadn't gone on a hunt. I hadn't gone to North Dakota or South Dakota or Iowa or any of the what I call Western like Plains type states. I hadn't done that. I used to do it every year, a couple times a year, and I hadn't done it for probably six or seven years for various reasons. And going back, I knew what it was like, but I hadn't been there in a long time. And just the fact that I got to go back and see it sunsets and sunrises i i'd bore a lot of people on instagram and facebook if i posted everyone that i fell in love with because i know people don't watch my stuff to see sunsets and sunrises but the takeaway from the hunt for me i know everyone likes to see dogs and ducks and retrieves and we i try to document that as best i can but i honestly took away the peace that we found out in the prairie the birds that we found out in the prairie, not necessarily hunting, but just driving around and seeing them work and seeing them on the horizons and seeing, and that, and these are all local birds. I mean, we're not even talking about a migration yet. It just, it was a real reminder of like what a special, special place that area is. If you're a sportsman and you've never done it, do it. I, I mean, I, it's easy to say, it's not always so easy to do. You have to do it. And, and it was a wake up to me of, don't go another six years without doing it. Uh, start to go, bring your family, bring your friends, share that with them because life, uh, you know, life goes by pretty quickly. And I don't, I don't want to get, get ever see myself in a position or talk about myself in a way of, boy, I wish I would have done that a little bit more. Uh, I won't be able to do it forever, but man, I'm going to try to do it as long as I can. And the training that you get from it. We can talk about, we talked, we did talk about in the past with Callie, especially pen birds versus wild birds. And we were talking more specific upland then. And I wrote some articles about it for Gundog, but the idea of doing a hunt out there and, you know, bag limits are a lot less. Like you're not, you can go to a pheasant farm and shoot a bunch of birds and get a lot of shooting in and I'll do all that stuff. And do you get dog work out of it? Yeah, you totally do. But I will shoot a two or three bird limit in the Dakotas once every five times or 10 times out rather than shooting 25 birds each trip out, you know, four times a week at a, at a, at a pheasant farm. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with pheasant farms, but for me personally, the, the, the experience that goes along with it, the work that the dogs get out of it versus that other experience it's so much more valuable and it's so much more enjoyable and again that's for me i i don't want to f feel like i'm someone's i don't want anyone to feel like oh he's he's picking on this or that i'm just telling you how i feel about it and if you haven't experienced it i think you should um and maybe maybe you won't maybe you'll feel the same way maybe you won't that's okay um but you should experience it because it is it's really, really difficult for me to explain it and have it carry the value or weight that it, that it should. So that's it. A good, uh, it was a great trip. It was a great start to our season. Uh, I'm looking forward to, we've got, I don't know, we're going to end up with a few good shoots around here um, from a duck standpoint, similar to last year. We're going to do our best. We filmed, we filmed as much as we could. Um, 
I Ben was on vacation, so I couldn't crack the whip too hard on him. Uh, there was a few times that I told him, you know, that trigger finger works on the camera too, but um, he he shoots to get hot, he shoots to stay hot. So, but we will be, we're going to film some more. I do think that there's value in even sharing as sharing as much as we can, because that's the other thing. Like from a training perspective, we can we can control the content part, the the video part a lot more in training, but it's a lot harder in the hunt. Now, does that mean we shouldn't do it? No. Does that mean we're going to try to do it? Yeah. It's just how much and what will we be able to get out of it? Probably a little bit different. I still think there's value in it. I still think it's important to get messages across and to get some examples of stuff across. And so we're going to try to continue to do that. And actually, we've got a little bit of a game plan with equipment-wise and different things that we're going to try. But it's going to be an extension of the training. It's going to be an extension of the yard stuff. It's going to be an extension of the field stuff, which when you think about it, that's the whole, that is what dog training is, is, you know, it's the, it's the simple easy controlled things to begin with and then it's adding a little bit more realism and it's adding a little bit more from a challenge and distractions and it's adding a little bit more to the way it might look in the field and then it's do it a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer until you get to the real thing well that's that's exactly what our training is and that's exactly what we're going to try to share um, from a documentation standpoint this season with the dogs in the field so i hope you enjoy it um I appreciate you guys in your support and your patience and your understanding in your business. Like the, the, the folks that have sent us messages, you know, we, we re like that call I got earlier today from the guy in Canada. I mean, it started out, his message was about the podcast. And then at the end he said, I do have some questions about some of the products that I'd like to talk to you about. So thank you for that. Thank you for the Instagram. I got, I got to talk about this. We got a, we came home from the hunt and there was a box in our, shop and it had a bottle of whiskey and it had a handwritten note and it was from someone who watched us on youtube and i don't know how she got her at i suppose she just looked up our website but sent us this was the nicest note handwritten and it just said you know i found you on youtube we're pre-puppy we're working on this we're i i appreciate you what you're doing i wanted to thank you with that and i also wanted to give you and your your company uh, something else to enjoy with a really nice bottle of whiskey. I didn't look up exactly. It's a, she's, she was from Virginia, but I don't know where that whiskey was from, but it was an American whiskey. Um, three crosses it was called. So I got to look that up, but uh, stuff like that. I mean, are you kidding me? That was amazing. So the little things like that messages like that mean so much to us and we appreciate it more than, you know, if you would be willing to do us a favor, here's a simple one that you can do. I mean, the whiskey is always appreciated. I'm a big vodka guy too, but uh, I, the other thing is, leave us if you'd leave us a review. I know it's going to take 30 seconds for you to do it. If you'd hit the stars and the and leave a little comment on what you liked, the reason I ask for that is it helps us by allowing for whatever platforms you're listening to to get positive feedback, which will help promote or put this in front of other people that they think would be interested and our intentions with everything we're doing is to try to help as many people as we can with their dogs and that's the best way for us to be able to do it so i appreciate that i, th I thank you for it uh we'll look forward to recording a few more of these as the season goes on we got a grouse hunt coming up next week uh got some really special friends jay lowry who is actually on a podcast with us in the past uh is going to be with us we got a couple other people that i think are coming with him but i'm not sure yet and we might even i think it's probably logical that we 
would record some stuff up there with those guys. Um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Record some podcasts up there. So I, we'll be doing more of that um, as the season goes on. I think you'll see a little bit of a shift. I still appreciate all the questions that are coming in. I'm doing my best to answer them as quickly as possible, and we'll continue to parlay those into podcast episodes as well. So again, thank you guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.